I'm glad you guys come out today, and I'm glad you're a part of this. But today, as I've been thinking, to be honest with you, I've been all over the place with this sermon today, and mainly because I feel uh, heavy hearts a lot of times. I feel many of you are shaken, alarmed. Uh, Many of you may even feel a little threatened today by what's going on in the world. Um, When this happens, we tend to back off and back away from the things of the Lord. And and I can witness that myself. You know, whenever something happens that's unexpected or or to me silly or, or some of the things that happen, a lot of times, even me as a pastor, I'll say, I'm done with this. I'm tired with messing with this. I'm tired of begging people to come to church. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. And it's easy when we're shaken and we're alarmed or we're feeling threatened to pull back away from the things of God. And, and I'm not saying in all cases, but I feel that in the body of Oakton. I feel that, that, that we're shaken a little bit by what's going on in society and we're alarmed a little bit. And if we're not them, we're threatened a little bit to where we're, maybe we're pay, pulling back in our relationship with Jesus. And we're pulling back in our relationship with the Lord when we need to be pressing in now more than ever. Another example of that is we've been trying to figure out worship and services and all that stuff. And, and we're trying to get Carthage multi-ethnic English service going again. And it seems like every time we try to, to get it going, everything comes against it. And everything happens and, and we get shaken, we get alarmed and we get threatened and we want to pull back. And, and so uh, tonight is that first service. And, and I've thought about canceling tonight many times because uh, we've been raised and taught that when you do something, you do it in a big bang and go out with a big bang and it's got to be this, got to be that. And, and anyway, I'm pressing forward tonight regardless of what this world thinks. And so we need to be pressing in during these times. We need to be pressing in right now more than any of us. But I say, or any, any, anything, but I say to you today, I want you to check your heart today and, and see if maybe you're alarmed or you're shaken or that maybe you're threatened to the point where you're backing away with, from your relationship with Jesus. And if you are today, I challenge you to press in. Maybe that's not you today. Maybe, you know, the, you're not shaken or you're alarmed, but, but you just feel threatened with things and you're tired of things and you're just backing away from the ministry and what God's called you to do. But I'm here to address that today. And the Lord, if I'm going to change things up on you, Norman, but I think it's slide 12. But I got a picture of Benji and that's our dog. And anyway, I've been locking Benji up, and I've been locking Drake up because some things happen. I tell you guys that he's in the, what is that, National Rifle Association? He's a member. Uh, but but I, it's a joke in our family, but I take pictures of Benji only at certain times. And I didn't have a good picture of Benji, so I had to ask Amy for this one. And this is one she had made up years ago. But... But, the, but I was going, since I've been locking Benji and Drake up, they want to come to church. Uh, they want to come to church more than anything. And if you walk outside, you can probably hear Drake going nuts. 
because he wants to be here today and we won't let him be here because of some things that he's done. And anyway, so this week I've been really making a point of locking the dogs up. Well, I've literally had to drag Benji into the gate. He will not go to his pen. I've tried everything, and, and there's times, I mean, I'm literally got his body collar on, and I'm dragging him into his pen. Well, uh, Wednesday night, uh, after the services, I'd let him out for a bit. And anyway, I tried to get him back in, and it was raining, and I thought, you know, it's going to be all right tonight, so I left him outside. And, and anyway, you know, it rained most of the night, and it turned cold, and it was kind of miserable the next morning. Well, I got up to go let Drake out because I had put him in. And I'll be, if Benji didn't follow me all the way to the pen and walk into the pen into the shelter of his doghouse to get out of the weather. And the Lord spoke to me, he needs your structure in his life. And he said, the church needs my structure in their lives to overcome in the last day. You need God's structure in your life to overcome to this shakenness that's going on. You need God in your life to, that when you're alarmed. And again, I'm not saying when, man, if that tornado alarm would go off or siren would go off, I would probably jump to attention. But I would get a hold of myself and, and, and then lay back into the peace of God. I'm not saying, uh, you know, when you're just hit with something and it just strikes you, then you get a hold of yourself. I'm talking about continually walking around alarmed. And if you look up alarmed, it means anxious or, or, or scared of something that's coming. But, but we can't be that way. And the only way to overcome that is to be structured in the things of God, to be planted in the things of God. And then I think about being threatened. You know, we may not be shaken or afraid, but we feel threatened by society. And many of you, oh, I'm not threatened, I'm okay. How many of you loaded up on gun ammo? Don't, don't raise your heads. Because <laughs> I figured everybody in the church is loaded up on gun ammo. How many of you is lined up, or loaded up on baked beans and green beans and all this canned food? You feel threatened. You feel you're alarmed that way. And, and, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that at all. You do what God's called you to do. But I'm telling you today that, that, that even that, uh, Oakton could come in and, and build the biggest warehouse of food and water and all these things. But, but if you're like me, you're not going to turn anybody away. And when the world finds out we have them and they need them, they're going to come here and it's eventually going to run out and we're going to have to trust God. So we need to be structured in the things of God. We need to be structured and planted in the Lord. And I know the Lord's wanting to preach this today because Tim Snyder came into the men's retreat and taught on core values and how, how that we need to have core values in our life that are godly core values. And when we do, that structure will make us strong and successful in the things of God. And by the way, if you didn't go to the men's retreat, you missed out. It was awesome. We had a great turnout. We just great everything all the way around. But God's trying to tell us today that we need to be planted in him. We need to be structured in him. We can't depend on the NRA to keep us out of the dog pen. We need to depend on God in all things. I believe the Lord has done this. I believe the Lord has prepared us. The structure's out there. 
You know, everything that is going on right now, the Bible talked about it. The Bible prophesies about it. And in Matthew 24, I'm going to read to you here today. But this is nothing new under the sun, what's going on today. I will admit there's some things in here that I didn't see very much uh, maybe two years ago that I'm seeing strong today, and I'll, I'll make point of them. But the thing is, Jesus is saying, in the last days, these things will happen. Well, guys, the last day started the, the day that Jesus rose from the grave. Amen. And, and so we've been in the last days from the beginning, from then. But guys, I believe we're in the last of the last days right now. I believe we're in the last of the last days because Christ could come back at any minute. So we need to be surrounded by Christ, the body of Christ, and structured in the things of God. Matthew 24 tells us, in verse 3, the disciples said, you know, tell us what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus answered, so that no one leads you astray, or see that no one leads you astray. I distracted myself there because Jesus spoke to me that this scripture shouldn't scare us. This scripture should encourage us because Jesus knows it's going to happen and Jesus and God are in control. This is the structure, the things that will come. And he's preparing us as his people. But he tells us first thing, see that no one leads you astray. Guys, that's what's going on more than anything right now. You know, these next things we're getting ready to read about, they've been going on for a long time, but, but people leading the believer astray, is it's going on stronger now than ever. I see it. And that's the first thing said is see. Jesus said, see that you're not shaken, that you're not alarmed, that you're not threatened, that you're not led astray from my relationship with you, that you're not led astray from the ministry I've called you to do. He says, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And then that scripture hits me is because you're hearing all this doctrine out there that I don't even agree with. I hear doctrine constantly that I'm like, how can people even get caught up in that? I see it in our Methodist system that they're getting caught up in doctrine that's not true. And we need to stand and not be led astray by false doctrine. But I see it in other denominations. I see it in other places. I see it in people's lives in this congregation. Sometimes you'll come up to me and tell me things that I'm like, that's not biblical. That's not the word of God. So we've been led astray when we're not following the word of God. And Jesus said that's the most important thing in the last day, that you're not led astray from the things of God. He said, many will come in my name. I'm spitting so much, I put my glasses down, they're spit all over them. Isn't that gross? I'm not supposed to say that kind of thing. I'm supposed to be polished, right? Well, mom, it's your fault I slobber, okay? No, I'm kidding. Be nice, mom. I don't know what she said, and I'm glad I don't. And these false Christs, they will lead many astray. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed. Did you get that? See that you're not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, earthquakes, 
the fires in California. Did you hear what one of the government officials said on that? We must have upset Mother Earth. Oh, my goodness. They need to be turning to Father God. Amen? Better be careful. So, for nation will rise against nation, verse 7, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up for tribulation to be put to death. Is the church not feeling tribulation today? I feel that tribulation's turning up a notch. That's one that I believe that, that maybe we hadn't seen a lot of, maybe at Oakton so much or this area, but we're starting to see it. Tribulation's been going on around the world for a long time, but we're starting to see that even in our own area here today. If you love Jesus and talk about it, you will be persecuted. You can be persecuted by other people when you stand for your faith. And you will be hated by all nations for, for my name's sake. How many people believe that the Christian is hated, not only by all nations, but a lot of people around this, this country? And maybe even some people in this, this world or this United States. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And that's the one that's probably bothered me the most lately because I see that even in this body. I see people betraying each other through gossip, through negative things, through all these things to tear down somebody and lift somebody else up. And I don't think I've ever recognized this until the last couple of years. And again, many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because of lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. And this is another one that I believe that I see now more than ever. This lawlessness that's going on across the world that we're seeing all over the world and on TV and in the news in this area, uh, all this junk that we're seeing, what does it cause the believer to do? It should cause us to press into God, press into our love and, and faith of him and our ministry. But a lot of times, as I said in the beginning, it causes us to back up. Well, I'm just not going to teach anymore because nobody wants to hear it. I'm not going to tell anybody about Jesus anymore because they don't want to hear it. And it begins to make us doubt our relationship with God. It begins to doubt us to help us or to make us doubt God and who he is. And that's when it said the, the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow, grow cold. If you jump down to Matthew 24, 24, Jesus goes on to say that for false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So Jesus goes on to say that, that even the elect can be led astray in the last days because of the lawlessness, because they're alarmed, because they are, they're shaken, because they feel threatened. Even the elect can fall under this pressure. And the elect means the cream of the crop. 
But we jump back to Matthew 24, 13. But Matthew 24, 13 says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations that the end will come. Jesus said these things would happen, and now that they're happening, are we shaking the alarm, threatened, or are we pressing in to the things of God? Are we pressing in to Jesus now more than ever? Jesus told us four ways to respond in this passage of Scripture. When these things happen, he said, don't be led astray. See that lawlessness doesn't affect you. See that you're not alarmed and endure to the very end because you will be saved. The kingdom will be proclaimed. What Jesus is saying is that God's going to keep being God and God's going to keep doing what he's doing when you come alongside him. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things are kind of come into play. God's going to bless you. I don't care how bad it gets. You keep your eyes on Jesus. God is going to bless you. I don't care what this world does to you, how it threatens you. You keep your eyes on Jesus and you're going to be okay. He's in control. He's got a hold of this. And we're seeing this at Oakton, you know, during this pandemic, during this threatening time, this alarming time, this time that makes us want to pull back. We see that people are getting saved. We see that Michael accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Give me a seat. He raised his hand up on his own. He's excited about what God's doing in his life. He accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, I don't know, a week and a half ago. And he's come to church and he's, he's poured into God because God showed him that he's alive and real in these days. Kenneth was filled with the Holy Spirit last week in youth. And, and again, because God is alive and real. And that's just a few things that here we're in the middle of a pandemic and God's still doing his thing. Man, God is still moving across this body. God is still moving in my life. God is still moving in your life. God is still performing miracles. Let's go to slide number five. I told you this year that the Lord started off the, the new year before we knew anything about all this stuff going to be happening. Before we were going to be shaken, before we were going to be alarmed, before we were going to feel threatened, Jesus told us as a body and the three goals for this year is to continue to go save disciples in and to continue to find your covering because and, and, we need a covering. And the third thing is pay off the building. And the Lord has told us to pursue in doing that. In slide number five, we started a, a building payoff drive last week, and we raised $7,000, and we, there's 400 chairs in the building, and they, put the, they already put the, the, the slide six up, but either way, it don't matter. But, but a chair represents $1,000. There's 400 chairs in here. The way to track it is that we'd raise $400,000 as a goal. That's the goal. We owe a little bit more than that. But any, well, we don't now, but we did. But anyway, we got $7,000 the first week. And last Tuesday, during the pandemic, in the last days, the last days of the last days, we paid $60,000 towards the principal. Last week. Last week. We paid $67,000 towards this, this building payoff in the last two or three weeks to the principal. 
paying that $60,000 payment saved us $9.58 a day. Think about that. It's saving us $9.58 a day from now on. During the pandemic, we have given up to, and I think the number is $93,000 towards the principal year to date. In other words, we gave some before the drive. $93,000 towards the principal only during the pandemic in the last days when everybody's saying you need to be alarmed, you need to be threatened, you need to be scared, you need to be stressed out. God is still alive and God is moving. Let's give him praise today. <laughs> Guys, we just got to see that. Man, I saw God move and I went to revival this week. Man, I was seeing people slain in the spirit, people set free, people healed. We had the opportunity to go to revival or church service every night this week. And God is moving on those that are pressing in to Jesus. I saw people's lives touched at the men's retreat. I saw people changed at the men's retreat. I saw men stand up and say, I'm going to live for God now more than ever because the Holy Spirit is moving now more than ever to those that press in and aren't deterred by Satan and the false prophecies and things that are going around. Amanda's made up this, and I think she had a little bit of help. But now, from now on, uh, until the November the 8th, you can come up and put your harvest blessing into the Thanksgiving offering and for the building payoff. And you see these little cards up here. If you got cash and want to do it by cash or don't want anybody to know your business, you can put your checks in there. But again, our goal is to pay this off November 8th. And there's a basket. You can bring it up at the end of the service or during the middle of the week. Next week, we'll report what happened from Tuesday to Tuesday because that's when we make the deposits. And so anyway, God is moving. There's 333 chairs left. What one has your name on it? The second scripture I wanted to read here was from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Is it not difficult? Is it not harder? Do we not got to make an effort to press into the things of God? The reason being is for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, It just hit me, and I'm going to say it. But a lot of you, y'all look into the camera, so that way you guys don't think I'm talking about you. But a lot of you are having troubles at home, and you simply just need to make your kids mind. Make them respect you, because it'll pay off in the end. My dad never let me trash my mom, and he always made me respect her. And we need to do that with our kids, and it'll pay off in the end. Let's give the Lord praise, not me. Yep. <clears throat> Abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of, of God, having the appearance of godliness but deny its power, avoid such people. We need to quit reading this scripture and going, oh, God, things are just so bad. Things are so horrible. And that's why I hear that preached so many times. They preach it to scare you that Christ is coming back. When guys, that's truth since Jesus died on the cross. These are just signs. This should excite you because Jesus gave you a nugget. Jesus gave you an idea that what's coming ahead. Jesus has shown you that these things should not shake you. They're going to happen. Continue to press into me and you will not be shaken. None of these, none of these should shake you or alarm you or threaten you because God said they happen. God still loves us. God loves his people and we need to press into him. Ways that we're helping people press in to loving God and loving people is, again, the worship services, the Wednesday nights, or even, I think, Landon, did you go live this morning in Sunday school? And we're trying to do Sunday school on live for people that can't make it out. Uh, we're, we're doing everything we can to involve people with the love of God and the love of people and to feel his presence, to connect to Jesus some way. As I said earlier, we're starting the Oakland Carthage service tonight at 6 p.m. And you can join us in that tonight. Man, grab your friends from Carthage. I don't know if there's going to be one there or a hundred. But if you know somebody from Carthage, bring them out so that they can receive the touch from the Lord. A new exciting thing that I've been talking about is Oakton Online, being an Oakton Online host. People that can't make it here for whatever reason can host Oakton Online in their home and have church in their home wherever they're at. And if you're online today, I challenge you to do that. You can give me an emoji, a smile or something. Let me know you heard that today. But Jesus said these things would happen. And we just need to press into him and come together as a body of Christ and just allow God to love on us and care for us. And the last scripture I'm going to share with you today is 2 Thessalonians. The Bible says not to be alarmed. In other words, everything I'm talking to you about today, you can say, well, they weren't really saying that. Well, they are, but, but this Paul, the apostle Paul even confirms it when he was talking to the church. He said, now concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being together, together in him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed. Do you guys get that? He's telling us this all is going to happen ahead of time. What I've been preaching all day. Don't be shaken in mind. Don't let it upset you. Don't be alarmed. Don't feel threatened. Either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to affect the day of the Lord that has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. The deception is being shaken or alarmed. What's causing you to be shaken or alarmed is from the enemy. And he's not wanting us to give in to that. A 
allowing ourselves to be shaken in mind or alarm is giving in to the enemy and fears from the enemy and we need not give in to that we need to remember that nothing in this life that we can we can count on to be normal nothing in this world can we count on being normal and i don't know why we try to always go back to the norm the only normal that you'll find in your life is Jesus Christ Amen. and his body, the church. The Bible says in Hebrews 3.18, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when I hear, I hope we get back to the norm, the only normal is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's all you can hang on to. And that's all you should want to hang on to. And we must charge and, and press into Jesus as much as, for, as we can. Last week when we talked about feeding the 5,000. I got hung up on Jesus' words to the disciples. When he had all these people, we figured 15,000 or more when he fed the 5,000 and 14,000 or more when he fed the 4,000. And Jesus said in Matthew 15, 33, I'm unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And when we go to Jesus, he is unwilling to send us away spiritually hungry or spiritually or physically hungry. Jesus is not willing for you to suffer and for you to go through the things that you're going through. If you are, it's because you've chose to. Because Jesus doesn't want you to even leave here today suffering or feeling a heaviness upon your life. We saw in those scriptures that Jesus had compassion for you. Jesus has compassion for everyone in here today. Jesus wants to provide for everyone in here today. And Jesus wants to satisfy everyone on here today and I challenge you if you didn't hear last week to go listen to that because we expanded on those things but as we talked about last week for us to to feel the totality of Christ by faith we just got to trust him when we don't feel it when we don't sense him when we don't understand when times are good when times are bad we trust him and we have faith in him and we just continue to be steadfast in the structure and the things of God because it will pull us through. You keep doing and following the structure of the Bible, the structure of the kingdom of God, and it will bless you. Esther was the, the queen of a king in the book of Esther. You can re read about it. And long story short, Somebody come in and were wanting to kill all the Jewish people. Well, she was Jewish. And, and I read this scripture to you here today. And this is what her mentor said to her in Esther 4.14. If you keep quiet at this time, if you keep quiet at, at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. In other words, God's going to move. But you and your relatives may die. If you don't do anything. Do you, you guys ever catch that? 
What he was saying to her is God's going to intervene on behalf of his people, period. You can be involved and make a difference in your life and the lives of others, or you can walk in fear and possibly see your family die. You can be alarmed or stressed or whatever we've talked about threatened today, or you can press into Jesus and allow his Holy Spirit to move over your life. And then the word goes on to say, who knows if perhaps, queen, you were made for such a time as this. I say to you today, perhaps, Joe, you were made for a time just like this. I say to you, Brenda, perhaps you were made for such a time like this. In other words, God's going to move. God's going to deliver his people. God's going to set his people free. And we got to choose whether we want to be set free or to die in our schmuck, in our depressions, in our anxieties, in our fears. Because we will win in the end if we keep our eyes on Jesus. So we need godly structure in our life to accomplish this. I wish every person could have heard what Tim Schneider preached this weekend. He talked about core values. That how we need to press into the core values of God. And every decision we make is based on those core values that structure of the Lord. He said his church built their four core values. It was love, honor, grace, and truth. And he said in that order, because you can't have truth without love or you'll have a judgmental spirit. You can't have truth without honor or grace. You'll have a judgmental spirit. So any decision they make has to be made in love, honor, and respect of other people, in the grace of God and the truth of God's word. And they do nothing if it doesn't fall into that category. I hear many of us a lot of times, and I hear you pray in your prayers, Father, I pray a hedge of protection around my, my family and my friends. And there's, that's great, you need to do that. But the Lord spoke to me that God wants faith by action. When you pray a hedge of protection around your family, Stepping out of faith and action is saying we will operate in the core values of God, the structure of God, no matter what goes on in this world. That's how you build a hedge of protection around your life. When you stand on the word of God and continue to implement it in your life, it naturally builds a hedge around your life. When you apply God's word to a situation, it will naturally provide a hedge of protection around you. You guys get that today? When we apply God's word to a situation by faith, it puts a hedge around us because God's going to honor his word. And he says in Psalms 91, those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. So when we stand around God's core values and let them surround us, we are resting in his shelter and he will protect us. He will guide us. I'm going to close out now, and if you want to come to Carthage, I'll get into these tonight. But there's seven other core values that will create an atmosphere where God's presence can abide. 
God's presence is a hedge of protection we want around us and our families. I've been reading Rick Renner, and, and he's got a book called, uh, I didn't write it, oh, Last Day's Survival Guide. And man, I was going into that. Man, I want to know how to survive in the last days. And I got the book, and it's sayings that I preach every Sunday. Because they're core values of the Word of God. What Tim preached the other night, we preach every week here through some way or another. The core values of God is what's going to bring us through. We just need to give in to these things and press into them. I'm going to read these six. Then the, the praise team wants you guys to come on up. But, but I'm going to read these things tonight or right now. And then again, we'll get into them more tonight. When I read these things, I thought, Lord, or that's the same thing I think I tell them every week. And he said, are they doing it? And so I say to you today, are you doing these things? I say to myself, am I doing them? I'm not operating them in all the time or I wouldn't be shaking as much as I am. Man, you can't get on Netflix and binge for eight hours and expect to feel the presence of God. You're probably going to experience the presence of oppression. The first one is pray every morning. David said, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. And the reason this jumped out at me, uh, in the last days it's going to be easy for us to lower our heads. It's going to be easy for us to lower our heads in defeat and give up because things don't look good. David was surrounded on all sides. David was going through it all. David was in battle, and he was saying, Lord, I'm going to you every morning, and I'm going to keep my head up. And that's what we need to do as believers. We need to keep our head up as we press into the Lord. Michael, I don't know if you're here today, but, but Michael will come up to me, and he's heard me say this a hundred times, and he can quote it. But whenever somebody comes up and their head is down after they ask me for a prayer request, I usually grab their chin and pick it up and say, look to the Lord, that's our hope. We have no reason to be downcast or be afraid or be upset because God is our hope. That's just a uh, touching the surface on that. We need to read the Bible every week or every day. That's the problem is now we're just reading it every week. We need to read it every day. Prayer, we need to be doing 24-7, and I'll get into that some other time. We need to quickly confess our sins and receive the cleansing of Jesus' blood. Because when we're walking in known sin and aren't repentant of it, it allows a door to be open for Satan to come in and cause havoc. So if you got sin in your life today, you need to confess it and plead the blood over Jesus. And guys, everybody needs to do this. I make mistakes. I repent weekly, daily sometimes, because I don't want to allow Satan to have a foothold in my life. Put on the full armor, armor of God. This one here is the one that I want to hit a little bit today before we quit, but, but take control of our eyes. And, and, and the reason I want to hit this for sure today is Tim hit this 
at the men's retreat. And, and Tim repeated half the things I already had wrote down in my notes. But he was talking about how the eyes, everything you let your eyes see is what causes you to do what you do. So if you're doing godly things, it's going to cause you to live godly. If you're looking at doing ungodly things, it's going to cause you to do ungodly things. And it may not at first, but it'll begin to wear at you if you keep looking at the same thing. David kept looking on Bathsheba and he did horrible things until he got her. He committed adultery. He committed murder. He committed many things. He lost his son as a result of it because he couldn't keep his eyes off Bathsheba. And that's the way it is with us. We get into trouble because we can't keep our eyes off of whatever it is. We need to, as David, uh, or not David, but as uh, Rick Renner said, make a covenant with our eyes and tell our eyes that we're not going to look on ungodly things. So a core value is I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And why don't we make covenant with God today that we will let no wicked thing be seen by our eyes. We will turn our head to it. Because Jesus said your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. Look on the things of the Lord. So in the last days, what are we allowing our eyes to see? Make a covenant with your eyes. Six, maintain a strong relationship with those to whom you are spiritually accountable. We need to do this at Oakton and have accountability partners. And I've been praying about it and thinking about it. Maybe you will get an idea from the Lord. But we need accountability partners. Not that will tear us down, but, but will encourage us and strengthen us. And then seven, we need to regularly attend church that teaches from the Bible. But them are core values today. Just seven that, that we know. And if we'd simply do them with all of our heart, soul, and mind, we're not going to be threatened. We're not going to be alarmed. We're not going to allow these things to take over our lives, but we're going to take over our lives and the lives of people and our family and our children. Something that Tim hit that, that, and and on the other hand, I was talking about kids, but it just Lord reminded me the same thing the Lord was telling me is that if you go back and look at all the Kings in the old Testament that were godly, very few of their sons followed in their ways. Do you get that? For whatever reason, they didn't implement the godly values in their kids. Maybe they thought, oh, the kids are watching me. They'll see, and, and we understand that's a good thing. But what Tim was hammering in is that we need to, to make godly stands and talk to our kids and hold our kids accountable and hold our families accountable and, and bring them and teach them in the things of God, and I could yell an amen because any time that my kids have done anything contrary to the word of God, I've sat down and had a conversation with them 
and told him, and, and I've even shared with you the last time I did it with Joshua, I said, you'll probably never talk to me again. And he said, dad, I love you and I respect what you say. We need to speak into our kids when they're disobedient to God's word. We need to speak into our children, our church family, out of love and respect and honor the truth of God. And not just say, oh, they'll figure it out on their own. Or I don't want them to not like me. I want to be best friends. I love both of my grandparents and grannies and grandmas with all my heart. But Granny Diggs and me had a tight, tight relationship. And the reason was is that she set me straight anytime I was wandering away. She told me the hard things, the things I didn't want to hear. Because she loved me and she did it in a way that I knew she loved me. And it caused me to, to press into her more. I can remember a time that I'd done something that I was totally in the right. Totally in the right. And granddad goes, did you go shake that person's hand and let them know you love them? I go, I didn't do nothing. He goes, that's what you need to do. Another time I was in the wrong, they loved me and said the same thing. You need to go to that person and make it right. We need to start standing in the core values of God, and that's what will turn our lives around and will turn our families around when we start structuring our things around the thing, our lives around the things of God and don't allow anything else to come in. The altar call today is salvation. Got to be saved. Have you been obedient to water baptism? And have you been obedient to baptism of the Holy Spirit? But the main altar call today is you need to recognize that you were created for this time. God puts you in this time to make a difference. God has anointed and appointed you for this time. Let's say that today. Stand to your feet and say, God has anointed and appointed me for this time. Let's do it on three. One, two, three. God has anointed me and appointed me for this time. He's going to equip you. He's going to provide. You just need to stand in the structure and the relationship, the core values of God, and it will win in the end. But we got to realize that God has appointed us for this time. The things you're going through, God puts you there to do a difference in them. Oh, but life's so heavy, Pastor. I'm going through this. God has anointed and appointed you for that time. So if we're having trouble, go to a brother and pray. Or go to the church and get strength. Go to the Holy Ghost, however you need to do it. But press into the things of God. He's appointed you for this time. When you hear me whine around and say, oh, I'm about ready to throw it in a towel, say, Pastor, God has appointed you for this time. You've been an anointed appointed this time to make a difference. God's proud of you. He, he, he has all confidence in you. He's equipped you. I can't say all the things I want to say because I don't think you're getting it. But he's with you. He's with you.
And these altars are open today for those that need to touch, those that need saved, those that just may, may need the Lord, the Lord to just touch them and say, because they're not feeling what I'm talking today. But by faith, we got to stand in the core values of Jesus Christ. By faith, we need to follow the structure of the kingdom of God and you will win, period.